News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, Ireland's leading peer-to-peer lending company. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com. Yes, even though Bobby is not here, we haven't completely torn up the script and given that it is 11, 11.40, should I say, it is time for the Executive Chair. And this week we're speaking to the co-founder and the CEO of the software tech company, Axonista, Claire McHugh. Claire, you're very welcome to the programme. Thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, before we talk about Axonista, let's talk about you um, yeah. and, and your own background. Okay. I have to give a quick shout out to my mother. It's her birthday today. So, oh, very happy, <laughs> so birthday. happy birthday, Margaret, if you're listening, and then I'll know if she was or not. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, find out. Yeah. Um, uh, so you, tell us about your own, uh, your career after school. Did you go to college? What did you do? I, I didn't. I was actually quite a high achiever at school and I loved school and had some great teachers that really, I think, set the groundwork for a lot of, you know, a lot of my success. Today. Mm. Um, and, but when I... I suppose after school, I was really into music. So I went and did rock school for a year, which okay. was really interesting. Um, and I really enjoyed that. But I, you know, I'm not that good a musician and it probably wasn't something I could make a career out of. Um, so I then um, started doing a degree in communications in industry, but I was just so bored. It wasn't for me, you know, and I figured that out early on. Yeah. So I said to my parents, look, this isn't for me. I'm not going to do this for three or four years and I have to do something else. Mm. So um, they were very supportive of that. And I it, it ended up that I, I ended up kind of in the career marketplace a lot earlier than I would have otherwise. Um, and I started working for digital agencies that were you know kicking off at the time. There was Ebion, there was uh, Nebula Technologies, kind of companies that were grown here embracing the web. Yeah. And that's where I got into that. And I, I worked very closely with the founders of those companies. So I kind of got to see what the, the whole startup thing was about, how to build a business and, and just observe that from admin roles, which is a really, really good way to observe a business. Okay. And then was there any uh, period where you kind of had, I suppose, with what we call it, like stable full-time employment in just one place for a long time? Or was it, you know, you mentioned it kind of moving around different industries? Yeah. I mean, I worked in Satanta Sports for a number of years. Um, I joined them when there was Satanta Media. Mm. Um, and that was like doing sports updates for Vodafone and stuff like that, you know, and we had a, a room full of journalists writing text updates for sport, which is really crazy. But um, and what were you doing there? I was a project manager. Um, okay. So lots of different things. And then when they kicked off the, the channel, um, I was probably one of the very first employees that joined. So I really got to see a, a startup media company and how to actually build a TV station. And um, so I got to work with some incredibly talented people from RT um, and uh, Satanta just doing that in the in Ireland and the UK and um, they were able to replicate that across different countries as well so that was really interesting to see them build this repeatable model they could scale. And at that stage when you were working for Satanta in both had, had the little acorn been planted in your own head about you know going out and, and setting up your own business or when did that all start? Um, I think it was while I was at Satanta I could see that industry and how it was changing um, and the effects of streaming the potential for mobile video, I, I think, you know, I was looking at a mobile device with a video on it and kind of going, this is amazing. This is the future of television. Yeah. You know, we're actually able to touch the screen and do something way more than just press play or, you know, be kind of, you know, watch something without being able to interact with it. I just thought, OK, that is amazing. So so tell us then about Axonista. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're a company we've been going about eight years now. So um, we were very early to interactive video, yeah. um, and what interactive video is is like if you can imagine like watching a trailer for a cinema um, or, f- or for a movie and uh, being able to buy a ticket for the cinema while you're doing that just by one touching the screen. 
That's okay. interactive video. That's one use case for it. Yeah. Um, uh, or it's like taking part in a quiz show live with hundreds of other people around the world. Um, uh, that's that's interactive video. There's there's lots of different use cases for it. Sometimes it's just like finding out extra things about something you're watching, whether that's the cast or location. Um, but, you know, it's all kind of powered by this underlying technology. And that's the technology that we've built. So we've built a platform that enables these experiences. So so who are your customers then? Who do you go to with this technology? So there's a, um, TV networks initially. So like QVC would be a very big um, customer of ours internationally. Um, other large media groups, um, publishers with lots of different brands who are doing things in video for the first time, um, but also brands in retail and travel as well. So say with QVC then, as an example, yep. how are they using that technology then? Is it is it just facilitating people to be able to buy what's on screen Absolutely. as they're watching it, is it? Yeah, and buy other things that they're maybe not promoting at the same time. So previously on air items and things that they might like, what the presenter's wearing, all that kind of stuff. So it's facilitating upsells as well as um, being able to tap to buy. So, so is this then for QVC services that people are watching on on mobile devices or yes. on iPads and things like that. Mobile this. devices, iPads, um, Apple TVs, set-top boxes, Roku devices, those type of new devices that are in your living room. Okay, yeah, your old standard uh, big tube television at home. Big tube uh, television, <laughs> not so much. I mean, people have been trying to do interactive video and TV for a long, long time and there's that mm. red button, that horrible thing <laughs> that like, yes, people tried button. to do things with, but it was just it was just a horrible user experience and when you have a horrible user experience, things don't really... Oh, the go. red button, don't get me so You press <laughs> it, please wait. You'd have to no. sit there for about three minutes and then you try. You press back up and uh, then it would click on, but then it would register the back up you would click to five minutes earlier and it would try and go backward. Anyway, yeah, there you go. get out my own <laughs> uh, annoyances with, with, with that. Um, to what extent then, you know, is there... Um, I, suppose, I, I don't say a generational divide, but that there are that, that a huge amount of the potential customer base out there are still, you know, absorbing their media through those that traditional set top, you know, television on on the coffee table in the corner, you know, that maybe the kind of the big spender in the house is still doing it that way. That maybe you know, like that the growth area that younger people, the people who are watching it on the mobile devices, maybe are, are not the people spending the big money yet, or um, has that changed? Happened? I mean, there's there's a huge shift from traditional television to digital devices. That's a massive shift. And you can see even in the last few years how much video goes through mobile. Like it's a lot of the traffic on mobile is video and the majority of it. And um, you see people completely embracing that. So there's lots of young publishers um, that are, you know, just getting into digital for the first time. And they're just doing things on mobile. They're just doing things. Sometimes they're just doing things on social. But there's, Mm. you know, there's that kind of market. But there's also big brands who really want to directly connect to their consumers in ways they haven't been able to do before. So they're getting into content strategy and video content for the first time. They may be making lots of, of video, but they're now putting them together to like a package for their customers. The, 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 the video content that most people are watching on mobile, I assume most of them are watching it through social plat- the traditional social platforms, is it? Is not it? necessarily. And they've taken a bit of a hit in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, not necessarily. So people are watching um, on-demand TV, but they're, they're, they're watching all sorts of stuff, like lots of video. And, you know, it's for mobile, you know, an actual yeah. phone, it's kind of the, they're watching in the times between doing things. So they're watching on the train, they're watching while they're commuting, um, that kind of. But is the, are, are those videos appearing on, on their Facebook feed? Is that it? Or, or, you know, on their Twitter feed or on their Instagram account? Could be or from where? apps, could be from their feeds. It, it's, it's lots and lots of different sources. People are, are kind of curating their own 
media yeah. sources now. So they're they're using lots of different things. Because I what what I was getting at, or the question I wanted to ask was just where where, where people are consuming them through their social media feeds. Uh, is there much interaction there yet in terms of, you know, as you said, say the QVC model of being able to kind of click on the screen and this, you know, I can buy this product or, yeah. or here's a related product that they showed last week. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, I'll say when, when, you know, these videos appear on my, on my Twitter feed, really the only interaction I've noticed is that now maybe that's just me is that I can click the little heart in the corner or something. That's a like limitation it. of a social platform. Yeah. You're describing. But there, I mean, I can talk about video content strategy for a long time, yeah. but there's different types of, of and lengths of, of video for different scenarios. So primarily on um, on uh, social networks, you'll see short form content, yes, which is something that you're scrolling and, and, and absorbing that way. And usually that's to promote something else. You know, that's a tool that, that people are using to promote something or drive someone to somewhere, mm. you know. So it's not necessarily, uh, they, if they want to watch longer form or they might go to Netflix, you know. So there's different places for different types of viewing. Yeah, Netflix Netflix is probably where I watch most long form yeah. video content on demand. Yes. You know, uh, and I'm sure I'm probably not unique in that. It's probably where most people are watching the most long form content on demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the moment uh, that like when I'm watching something, I don't there's not like at the moment if I there's there isn't much interaction. Is there Netflix uh, have or, started to get into interactive. Okay, in what They've ways? They've done it in a kids show Puss in Boots. Kids shows more so in the is, kind of yes. choose your own adventure style, and that's another interactive video experience. So it's kind of like you can choose to go to a different scene or follow a particular character and build your your, your own story. Now the story essentially is the same story; you're just going through it in a different way. Okay, so there is the start of it. Actually, I do notice even on Puss and Boots on the thumbnail for it is mm. it, it, it uh, it's a moving thumbnail, which is the yeah. only one that has that on, on Netflix <laughs> at the moment. It's always there in my recommended videos because I've got children. So there you've you got go. like things I watch and then there's, you know, random cartoons in all my <laughs> recommended videos. Um, uh, if we get back, if we, I suppose move away maybe from the technology sure. and talk about the, the, uh, the, the, the bread and butter of just going out and setting up a business. Well, what, mm. When did you, when was it set up? You said eight years ago. Yeah. So 2010. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm conscious of, the fact that we were mired in recession, you know, yeah. w- was the recession something that you saw, God, let's do it despite this or because of it? Or did it feed into the process at all? It was something I wanted to do anyway. And it was, it's not a bad time to start a business at all because A, you get rents are low for office space. Um, costs are cheap to do things, you know. Um, but also, if you can make something work in a recession, you can make it work. And it's not a recession, so it's yeah. a really good time to 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 start a business. I think. And even in, what about in terms of accessing credit and things? This, this was a big issue. I remember even in here, you know, <clears throat> uh, doing interviews with people, and this was a big problem. They said, you know, I have a great business idea. The banks won't lend, or the traditional lenders. You know, the, it's um, a very difficult place to get going. I've been de- kind of quite good at that, but um, when we started off, we we didn't look like the company we are today. Eight okay. years ago, for sure. We started doing, we didn't really know what the product was that we wanted to build because the market was so young. Mm. And we were doing experiments uh, for customers that we knew through my network or through my CTO's network, um, which were around experimentation with mobile video and what did that mean? So they, they wanted to do that stuff as well. And we could see there was some similarities in it. It was like everyone wanted to do VOD, streaming and this interactive piece as well. Um, but while we were building that, we did services um, projects to kind of suss out what those what the actual product could be and that paid the bills and we kept it very 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 small for the initial couple of years until we had the until we knew the market was there yeah. and the demand was there for us to actually start building the product which is probably about 
2014-15 and then so what you know with the, the, the lessons you know as if you were kind of going in now to, to people who were at, in the early stages of the tech startup they've yeah. got a, kind of a kernel of idea again they're not really sure it's such a fast moving uh, environment I think we're not really sure where it'll grow but there's definitely growth here like what, what's the advice you give them I mean, look, Ireland has a wonderful startup community and um, people have helped me from day one and just, you know, kicked about ideas and, and said, look, this is a mistake I made. Here's how not to make the mistake yes. I made. Um, and, and been really good like that. So I think once you get through being an entrepreneur for a couple of years, you, you want to give that value back to other um, companies that are starting off and people with ideas. Um, you know, anyone can have an idea. It's really about the implementation of it. And it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience and determination. Um, and is that something you enjoy doing involved in? Because I know you do some mentoring with, with different programs yeah. for SMEs. Is it something you enjoy? Yeah, I do. I get a lot of value out of it just from helping people. I mean, that's something that, that drives me. Um, but also, you know, a lot of people have helped me. So I just want to give back. And I think if you have an idea and you think there's something to it, explore it. But try and explore it without spending a ton of money on it first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and really suss out, like, is this a real need for these customers? Are there customers for this? I think right. that's the biggest kind of question to ask. There you are. Claire McHugh, who is the uh, co-founder and the CEO of the software tech company, Axonista. Claire, thanks very much. Thank you very much for, for having me. Coming just today. News Talk's Executive Chair. Thanks to Linked Finance, Ireland's leading peer-to-peer lending company. Business lending for a digital age at linkedfinance.com.